So recently I was having coffee and talking with another adult about adulty things and matters of pertinence and permanence and significance and other big words that mean I'm a pretty big deal, a person possessing profound and weighty thoughts. All of a sudden, this little girl, maybe she's four years old, comes running through the room, hands waving in the air, and to clarify, waving them as if she just did not care, shaking her head all over. So she was just a mass of crazed hair and energy with her tongue hanging out, high stepping and making a funky noise, kind of like, ah, but don't quote me on that part. This kid was running amok and it was awesome exhilarating. I looked at the other adult with whom I had been conversing about matters of the utmost importance, and I asked, when did that become socially unacceptable for us to do? And we kind of laughed it off and, and went on with our witty repartee. So I asked, when is the last time you ran amok? When was the last time you played? I mean, seriously played. By the way, can you even say that? Serious and play at the same time? Because here's the thing. You play not because you have to or because it benefits you in any kind of way or that it serves a bigger purpose. You play just because, just for because, that's why. So it's time to get serious about play. Welcome to the Sandbox. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. This is episode 23, Serious Play. I'm Chris. And I'm Seriously Dave. Well, before we get going with today's topic, we want to thank you for being a part of the Sandbox Cooperative community. Did you know, by the way, that the Sandbox Podcast is officially one year old? One year... Let's have cake. Yeah, let's do it. It's pretty hard to believe. Uh, over the past <laughs> And ice cream. Over the past year, we've been able to <laughs> dive deep into topics, uh, interact with all of you, and, and knock down some walls with some curiosity and conversation. It's also been pretty remarkable to see the Sandbox community grow. It happens person by person through word of mouth and through sharing these conversations with friends and, and coworkers. So thank you so much for making the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast a reality. Absolutely. Uh, in the weeks and months ahead, we'll be introducing you to all the people we met in our recent Sandbox road trip to California. We met some pretty fascinating people, and I can't wait to introduce you to them. But for now, let's get serious about play. The 4th of July weekend is coming up. People are going on vacations, heading to the lake, going to the park and to picnics. People are playing all over the place. What are you playing this weekend? <laughs> 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 I I don't have an answer to that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, people are getting ready for some serious play. I mean, beanbag toss, or as it's known in this part of the country, was it cornhole? They call it cornhole. Yeah, that's a thing. Horseshoes, late night card games, pickup football games, softball games, kickball games, going on hikes, bike rides. Beer pong? Beer pong on account of 4th of July. <laughs> Why not? And that's what you do. Uh, so yeah, so seriously though, like what are you doing over the 4th? Anything good? Well, Playing at all? Uh, the 4th, we're going to a wedding, but then uh, a whole week of 
travel. So travel that to, looks like to exotic places. Uh, North Carolina is pretty exotic. That is exotic. Yeah. So, wow, that's great. That's great. So lots of time to play along, you know, on a, on a road trip and yeah, know, just kind of all camping. sorts of road trip games. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Like yellow car. <laughs> yeah, we'll never play that with you again. Uh, no, because I owned you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to that four-year-old girl, shall we? Uh, that four-year-old girl I was talking about before, she was running amok and she was loving life and she was in the moment and she was playing. And my response to seeing her was, when did that become socially unacceptable for us as adults to do? Okay, so when I said that, I meant that as a funny quip. But really, at its core, it's a completely sad statement. When did it become unacceptable for us to play and be in the moment and express exhilaration in life? When did it become not okay to engage in an activity without said activity serving a greater purpose? When did we close ourselves off to pointless spontaneity, just to march in lockstep in a well-planned, purposeful, utilitarian reality? You know, those are some really good questions. Because right now, almost everything we have or do seems to be to, to accomplish mm. something. Mm -hmm. uh, my cell phone, my car, working out, all of these things have a specific purpose. They don't just exist. Right, right. Every, pretty much everything that I, I do, it, it kind of falls into that lane, right? Or anything that I have. I like my cell phone, it keeps me connected. Uh, my car gets good gas mileage. It's reliable. It takes me from point A to point B. My house is energy efficient. It's a good size and location for my family. It sits in the school district that we like. My job pays me a living wage and satisfies my calling in life. My tablet... How about that tablet? Uh, here's I, I Actually, I need a new tablet right now. So anybody who wants to contribute to the Dave Berg new tablet fund, please send it because I believe that it, that would serve me quite well at this point. My calendar, it's in the cloud. It's available wherever I go. My gym membership gives me this sweet, sweet physique. Chock full of rippling muscle. <laughs> I need things that are efficient, that work, that dovetail with each other so that I can multitask and move forward. So many things in our lives these days are, are utilitarian. Yeah, there really aren't a whole lot of things that are. Can you think of anything? Uh, you know what? I, I My dog. <laughs> my <laughs> dog, dog is completely useless and not utilitarian at all he's a shih tzu slash bishan that's kind of afraid of everything and has a little nervous pee every time a stranger <laughs> walks through the door um and maybe just eats and is expensive yeah no that he eats not super useful no he doesn't like some dogs pull sleds and <laughs> and guide people who are in need of guides my dog lays around the house naked all day, d d living the dream, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what else to tell you, but he, uh, he eats, he sleeps, he plays, he plays, right? I mean, he is actually the model of what we're talking about yeah. here. Uh, completely gets to be what he is on account of he's a canine. So a lot of the reason that we might maybe be missing time for play is the result of our push toward efficiency, productivity, and a whole variety of technologies that are supposed to make life easier. With that comes the idea that everything has to be for a purpose. There's really no room for play. 
We can work from anywhere with cloud-based software, get our phone calls while we're on vacation. And everything from architecture to business models all echo this idea of more and more for your money and time. Mm -hmm. And some of that can seem like it's good on the surface. So why play? What purpose does it serve? What's missing if we don't have play? Well, I know there are some scientific benefits to play. I mean, it's been shown to be useful in therapy and with child development, but anything beyond that, I'm, I'm pretty convinced it could be one of those rare things in our world that isn't utilitarian. We certainly need it though, and it's exciting to see when people and organizations are able to start finding their way back to it. You know, even large corporations are beginning to actually see that need mm -hmm. for play. Uh, companies all over are introducing play into the normal routine of business, you know, creating things like game rooms or a space to make music, all sorts of ways to be creative while you're at work. Um, the idea is that they help you expand your creative mind and allow you to be a little bit more productive. In some ways, it, it actually really works. I mean, consider that some of the companies using these techniques are amongst, among some of the most successful and influential in the country and, and even in the world, really. Sure. Uh, I think about Google and Google and, and all these other foosball-loving, jar-throwing. 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 Uh, if you can find it, great ed entertainment. <laughs> um, but yeah, these foosball-loving, jar-throwing, dart-playing valuing organizations are simply making space for their human beings, human beings that also happen to be their employees and helping them to be more human. People need rest and play to be the best possible versions of themselves. These type of workplaces build in playful human time so that they are better, more well-rounded and rested, perhaps more creative employees. Are there benefits and is there utility to workplace play? Perhaps, but it is rooted first and foremost in what we know about being human, rest and Sabbath. Our lives don't often allow for a whole lot of rest. And so sometimes time off needs to look like not doing anything. We need the time to absolutely stop, sit, don't move, take a nap. Sometimes that's all we have the energy for. But if we're not getting time to play, to enjoy life, maybe that's an indication that something is out of whack. Sometimes we need to play. We don't rest only so we can get back to work, but so we can enjoy life. So Dave. Yes? When's the last time you took some time to play? Uh, I, I really struggle with that question, honestly, because, I mean, it's it completely exposes, uh, I think again, what we're talking about here. And, and I don't know that I've, I've done a lot of like just playing lately. I know that there are times when with my kids, I'll pull out some dice games or cards or something and we'll say, hey, let's just do this. But I don't, it's not something I naturally think of. But I was mm -hmm. volunteering the other day and, and you know, I mean, it, that part isn't necessarily play, but I was, I was volunteering and I was watching kids play at this park in Minneapolis and it's called, it's like the shoots and ladders park and there's just slides and rope swings and just things. And you see these kids just, just with reckless abandon going for it. And then you see these adults, pathetic adults like myself, just trying to keep up and seeing how <laughs> inflexible we've become and, you know, the inability to just kind of let loose and, and, and play and just, hmm. just be there. Uh, as I observed what was happening there, I could see the need for, for more play among people like myself and uh, just the need for more intentionality around that. 
What about yourself? So when I think about that, I, uh, I realized a few months ago that I uh, hadn't played any music outside of for work. Mm. I'd played my guitar almost every week, yeah, but only with a very specific purpose. Utilitarian purpose, um, right? And so we actually got together. There were a few, few of us that uh, got together and played some jazz tunes a few times over the last couple of weeks, um, something that I've really enjoyed. And then on Saturday, I just happened to bring a banjo with me to this picnic that we were at at the park and Mm. a couple other people had instruments and it was just this really great time of I wasn't starting a band I wasn't Mm -hmm. uh, practicing to lead worship I was just playing music it was a long time since I had ever experienced that that's great that's great how long boof um, well, the last time I had touched my saxophone, pretty much other than that jazz stuff, was probably four, four to five years ago. And um, just played like that with just like getting together with friends probably mm-hmm. since high school. So it's been wow. a long time. Been a long time. Yeah. Mm. And it was good. It was good. Yeah. So on this podcast, several times we have talked about the importance of stopping, resting, and taking the guilt-free nap. And that's good and it's important. But there is some serious balance to it. And sometimes it ought to be paired with something active, playful, and perhaps somewhat senseless. The balance of the two can be pretty important. And like I think about a a trip that I took to Washington, D.C. a few years back with my family. Uh, My my two uh, young girls and and, and my wife and I. And if you've gone to Washington, D.C., that's... I mean, that's not just a rusting trip. That That is active. You are on the National Mall and you're walking all over the place and you get on the metro and then you go to the other side of the city and then and then you're on a tour and there's just there's so much to do, so much to see that if you pile that all into a few days, you are going to be whipped at the end and you're going to come back after a vacation needing another vacation. So our approach was, hey, let's get after it and let's have just an intense day and then the next day let's sleep in and let's have breakfast and let's go to the hotel pool or the hot tub and hang out for a little bit and have a, a lower programming day. And the next day hit it hard again. And pacing ourselves in that kind of a way enabled us to both see the city, but make time for, uh, so that at the end of the vacation, man, we had a lot of fun. Mm. We got some rest. We played a lot. And honestly, it's one of the better vacations that I, I can remember. Yeah, when I think about that balance of the way that rest looks like both passive and active, mm. um, and and also like the way that that balances with work, I think about the work that we've been doing in our backyard. So we uh, bought a house a few years ago, and and it was a pretty plain backyard, and we've put in a garden and started growing grapes and all these other things, and doing a lot of work to get it ready. Um, and then pretty much by the time we were done with the end of a day, we had a couple chairs out in the back, and we pretty much had the energy to sit in the chairs and look at it, <laughs> which... It's pretty good. I mean, yeah. if you put all that work into it and then you just get to sit there and look at it, it's not bad. But one of the things that we did this uh, this past weekend actually uh, was a little fun and a little bit more playful was the work was installing a hammock. A so hammock. a different nice. kind of work and like sitting out in the backyard in that and, and reading or taking a nap, it's a whole different kind of rest than uh, not having the energy to do anything but sit in the chair. So that was pretty cool. The perfect balance of the two. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best ways to enjoy the work you've put into a backyard. Though honestly, it really isn't for much. But similarly, while playing might not have much specific purpose or end goal, that doesn't mean it's not important. 
In fact, it might be one of the most important things we could do. If it did have a purpose, I might suggest that it's maybe about creativity and enjoying life. Because when we're playing is one of the few times when we don't really care about success. Sure, you might be playing a board game or a sport or something similar. There's likely a bit of competitive nature that'll come out. But the reason we play those games, particularly with family or friends, is for the sake of play, for entertainment, for making memories with the people around us. These times are truly life at their best. Which means failure, it's fine. It's not a big deal. We don't do this to succeed or to fail, but for the sheer enjoyment of it all. And I think that's why something like play helps to open up our creativity. If failure is an option because we're just playing, an amazing world of possibility can open up in front of us. Exactly. I just think about like maybe being younger and, and seeing some of those cool science experiments in those science shows that I remember having at school, you know, things where liquids are changing colors because they're mixed together and there's these explosions or those super cool plasma energy balls that you touch with your hand and the light moves around. Have, have you, did you ever do the static ball where you put yeah, your Yeah, that's what I mean. It? Yeah, those things. Like, they're and crazy. It, and it makes your hair stand up? Yeah. I would like for you to do that now and see if your beard stands up. <laughs> that would be amazing. I should try that. that you really absolutely great. should. We'll, we'll post pictures on Sandbox if we can get our hands on it. <laughs> but this is exactly it. What would it look like if Chris's beard just like stood up straight? <laughs> That's great. These things introduce us to the wonder of life for no purpose other than seeing, enjoying, learning, and experiencing. This is what play does at its best. It's creative. It's experimental. And it lets us open ourselves up to the awe and wonder around us. Our efficient, productive, utilitarian, widget-making, day-to-day life so easily disconnects us from creative, carefree, open, joyful way that we were made to be. That's why I think more and more play is disappearing from our sense of, of time, of faith, life balance. That's why I love what author Mark Buchanan says in his book, The Rest of God. Buchanan writes, there are many things eating ice cream, diving off cliffs, sleeping in on Saturday mornings, learning bird calls, watching movies that can't be shoehorned into a utilitarian scheme. Try as you might. We do some things just for the simple sake of doing them. There's no particular usefulness connected with them. They don't need to be done. Nobody insists and and the world's left unchanged by our doing them or or not doing them. They add nothing to the gross national product. They enhance our intellect not one bit. They don't make us worse or better neighbors. They don't improve our figures or hone our skills or increase our red blood cell counts. Or if they do, it's sheer accident, not the thing that we set out to accomplish. Accomplishment is the least of their concerns. But they might just make us feel more alive more ourselves, and that's useful enough. Indeed, many other uses might follow after this. But I wanna make something very clear. Though play benefits us, the minute we do it for its benefit is the minute it ceases to be play. Play is subversive, really. It it, it subverts business as usual. It subverts necessity. It subverts utility. It subverts all of the chronos-driven, taskmaster, supervised, legalism-steeped activities that mark most of our lives, that make us oh so useful, 
but bland and sullen in our usefulness. So maybe it starts now. Maybe it starts over the 4th of July weekend. Maybe it comes a little bit later this summer or fall, but for the love of, take time to play and do more and more of it. Make it a habit. Why? Just because. You have been given this moment and it will never be back again, so enjoy it. Dare to pick up an instrument or ride a bike or play cards or stay up way later than you should. Dare to be childlike and run amok. Dare to have pointless, aimless time. Dare to play. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we'll be sharing some of what we learned on our Sandbox Cooperative Road Trip, a sort of overview of the week. We'll introduce you to some fascinating people and share some of the big ideas we took from our time away. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Sign up for our email updates on our website, connect with us through Facebook and Twitter, and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. And be sure to share this podcast with someone who might like it. There's always more room in the sandbox. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox. 